You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up-to-date ebooks, infographics, and other resources, as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm Derek Smith, and today we're welcoming back Daniel Binkholder. Daniel, thank you for taking time out of your day to meet with us today. Absolutely, Derek. Thanks for having me again. Anytime. Uh, just to refresh some of our listeners who maybe haven't heard one of Daniel's four episodes now, uh, Daniel is, the, is a client success manager here at Biz Library. His role is to strategically consult on the training program for individual clients in order to maximize their training ROI. This includes sharing best practices from other clients, providing resources to market strategically to employees and leadership. Before working at Biz Library, he worked in higher education for seven years, gaining valuable insight on the application of learning science and the impact of technology on learning and development. Daniel, we're here today to talk about change and uncertainty. So change and uncertainty can be a scary thing. What does it mean exactly in this context? Yeah, um, change and uncertainty is uh, referring to the, um, the scenario that whenever there is planned or unplanned change, um, the reactions that employees go through and the environment that an organization deals with as they deal with some of these changes. So there's obviously two aspects of this change and then the uncertainty, which is more around the, um, the employee reaction to the situation. Um, so that can range from anything from like a merger and acquisition to uh, unexpected layoffs, changes in the industry that are causing financial burden, um, natural disasters, uh, that would be unplanned change. But uh, that's that's generally what we mean by change and uncertainty. Okay. Um, one of the most common and honestly sometimes devastating for businesses scenarios that, that we find ourselves in when it comes to change and uncertainty is mergers and acquisitions. And that's kind of what I want to talk to a lot about today. All right. Um, one thing I think we can all agree on when it comes to mergers and acquisitions is that when one company wants to merge or acquire another company, there's typically an end goal to that. Maybe they have control of a market that they want access to. Uh, maybe they have something that would increase their revenue or, or productivity or something. Um, how important are those goals, and how important is it to the L&D, uh, the, pro- the, the program manager? Yeah, definitely a, a loaded question, right? Um but yeah, we would assume that when an organization is merging or acquiring another, that there is a, a reason for it, even if it's um, the purposes of a hostile takeover to take their market share. Uh, there's still a reason for it um, one way or the other. Um, so I guess the first thing to kind of talk about is in terms of learning and development, a lot of organizations may not necessarily think that learning and development should be involved in any way in this whole process. Uh, though it's contradictory because some organizations heavily involve learning and development in the process and some don't involve them at all. Um, But whenever organizations are going through these kind of mergers, they are not only trying to accomplish some specific goal, but they're also trying to do it in a a relatively short time frame. (laughs) Um, Most companies are not, you know, starting this process and then deciding to take, all right, well, we're just going to take our time and hopefully things will work out. No, these, these companies attack it generally with, a, uh, with an integration plan um, and you know, start having involving stakeholders from both sides of the, of the board. Um, it's just really a question of what exactly are the goals and what are the expectations in the time frame. Um, so why it's important to L&D is that 
if you are trying to run an organizational development program or even just in charge of training, you need to know what's going on so you can prepare your workforce appropriately. So um, I want to jump off of that. One thing you kind of alluded to this, but when we have these merger situations, it's not the mom and pop coffee shop joining forces with another one. These are big companies with lots of stakeholders involved. Um, can you talk a little bit about how important it is to identify who is most affected and impacted by these scenarios that we go into? Yeah. Um, according to the Project Management Institute, um, they did a paper on uh, 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 strategic change management. Um, I think it was like 2014. Um, but they identified that, generally speaking, in, in planned change, so we'll just, we'll just ignore unplanned change for the moment, uh, in planned changes like mergers and acquisitions, um, there are, of course, the goals of the merger and acquisition, but then there are goals that sometimes are meant to be proactive and some basically to, okay, we don't want things to collapse on this front. So what I mean by that is um, effective change enablers, as the Project Management Institute refers to, are generally concerned with like f four different types of criteria. Um, employee engagement and employee retention, um, employee productivity, and customer retention. Um, now, there's obviously, whenever these uh, mergers and acquisitions take place, there are, there are risks to all four of those things. Um, you know, some organizations don't like to, uh, their customers don't like those kinds of changes, and it, even if there's no actual impact to them in the immediacy, they're still going to be concerned about that. So trying to be aware of those things um, and trying to proactively address that, that's what effective change enablers do. So with that in mind, I mean, we have to keep, we have to remember that, um, I guess a, a good metaphor is in, in physics, uh, the universe tends towards entropy. There's, there's such thing as a law of entropy, and that just means that, you know, like imagine a rock eroding under the water over time, matter tends towards disorder um, and the breaking apart of, of like matter. So in, in companies, that's, they tend towards inefficiency. If we're not doing, if we're not taking steps to actually um, ensure that inefficiency doesn't take hold, inefficiency will inevitably occur. You know, you can't just, you know, it's not, you can't just go on autopilot um, with any event, much less a merger and acquisition integration. Um, so, like that, uh, it's and in a lot of ways, it's really like gambling. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, imagine a game like blackjack. The odds are stacked in your, against you, you know, from the start, but people somehow still manage to win money. And that's because, sure, if you had unlimited time and resources and money, you could eventually, you know, make some money, but since the odds are against you, you'll eventually end up losing, you know, more money than you actually end up with. So what you have to do is you have to watch for good hands and bet accordingly, win big, and then get out of the game. So you've you got to be very precise about your money and very precise about your time. And that's what organizations have to be aware of whenever they're incorporating change management. Because if a merger and an acquisition takes place, the company is probably trying to reach peak productivity within 18 to 24 months-ish. Um, and so anything that delays that reduces, you know, they're losing money. They're losing money from that situation. So unless L&D professionals are involved in the process of what the actual goals are and what the concerns are and what leadership is going to do to try to address things like employee productivity and customer retention, then you're really just basically going into a blackjack game and guessing on what to do, which is not a very effective approach, generally speaking. 
So how does L&D get involved in this strategic meeting where we discuss how we're going to win uh, whatever hand we've been dealt? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think first and foremost, um, there's really kind of like, there's like three phases of, an, of a merger and acquisition. It's the, the pre-integration or planning phase, integration or the action phase, and then um, sustaining change or the post-integration phase. Um, ultimately, L&D is going to play an, an essential role to the sustainment of change, that phase three. Um, so it's, it's very similar to the idea of, um, of like trying to change a healthy lifestyle and lose weight. The goal of, of, uh, of losing weight isn't to lose the weight and then gain it back immediately. The goal is to lose the weight and keep it off, which is actually a much more difficult prospect. So if you don't have engaged learning and development professionals, you can't actually sustain that change. So what does that mean? Um, whenever organizations are undergoing a merger and acquisition integration, um, managers, mid-level managers are really, they really get the brunt of a lot of difficulty because they have to pass down objectives and initiatives from leadership, but they also have to work with the frontline employees that are potentially being either laid off, um, having to change processes dramatically, um, their roles changing, being relocated. Uh, they're the ones who have to have the, you know, the, the they're, they're on the front lines dealing with the employees, and so they often get the most difficult portion of it. So for example, um, it's very important to prep your managers and train them on how they can actually talk to their employees in a way that is both not misleading, but not overly, and not too informative because there's confidential matters here. Like the, uh, I was talking about the pre-integration phase. If it's a merger and acquisition situation, there might be confidential elements that can't be divulged until it actually closes. So um, that creates a lot of uncertainty, which is of course you know what we were talking about. Um, so if our goal, if one of our goals is to ensure that employees do not want to leave the organization, that they remain engaged and productive, then they need to be able to ask questions and get information. And so one way that learning and development can actually support that is by training managers on you know what to say uh, and how to say it. But part of that requires executive support and buy-in. Um, you know, they can, you can train them on how, you can train managers on how to, you know, listen, do, you know, actively listen to their employees and how to ensure that their employees feel heard and let them ask questions and, and, and empathize with them. But if you want managers to not actively mislead people, they have to know to some extent of what's going on. And so that's where L&D professionals should be engaged by leadership to help prepare that prepare that phrasing. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times they aren't, which is problematic. Um, and I'm sure some of the listeners here, and I, I certainly know some of my clients for sure, are definitely in that boat. And I think what the biggest problem that happens in any of these phases is there's a, a, very, a very real desire to adopt a wait and see approach. Uh, just so, well, I'll just, I'll just wait, you know, we haven't got enough information yet, um, the decisions aren't made, you know, etc. But the thing is, if the decisions haven't been relayed to you, that means there's conversations happening about them right now. And you either you're going to be a part of those conversations and you can help help support the organization or you won't. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when there's no information flowing, hunt it down is what you're saying. 
yeah, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's not the um, easiest thing or the sure. or the funnest thing sometimes, um, especially if you're in a culture that maybe isn't as transparent as it could be, um, which you know sometimes organizations do find themselves in that. Um, but ultimately, if you're being asked to support your workforce and to ensure that you know you're supporting things like employee engagement and productivity and skill gaps, which is a pretty standard set of expectations for a learning and development or even HR department, if you don't have any information and you don't have any insight into what's happening, even if it's just what's happening next, then you literally cannot help your organization at all. And, and frankly, your organization, your leadership is doing your employees and your future productivity a disservice by not giving, not helping you with that information so that you can prepare your workforce appropriately. Sure. Um, I know we could talk about this all day, but I we, we are a little limited by time, so that's why I want to move into the next phase, which you kind sure. of uh, alluded to, the action phase. Um, a lot of times in there, we're joining two giant companies and either coming out with a brand new company, or we're in a situation where a, a company is, is sort of acquiring a, a smaller company, mo- most likely. Uh, that's still a monumental task of onboarding, essentially, up to, you know, could be thousands of new employees. Um, once we get to that phase, uh, and we've hopefully trained the managers on how to speak throughout the, the pre-integration, um, and, and we're kind of getting people on board, how does L&D's role shift, and, and what should they be looking for during this, part, during this time? Yeah, um, just like if the integration is the actual, the execution of some of these plans, that's where learning and development or you know, a training, that's where they need to be executing on as well. Um, so as I said, you know, they absolutely need to engage leadership in that whole process because that's, you know, that's, that's an essential. But this is where, and different organizations have a differing degree of how they act, when they address this, but most of the time, if it's, a, if it's like a true integration, there's either going to be a merging of cultures or if they're acquiring a new company, then that new company needs to be brought to speed to the culture of the parent company. Sometimes the culture is has been defined, but a lot of times it hasn't. Organizations do find themselves. Um, I was talking to a client the other day of they had they've gotten all these stock acquisitions, which just means that they purchased all these companies and they're making money a lot of different ways. But everybody's got a different culture, so they're in the process of identifying what that culture is. And this is a company that's large and has been around for a while. So, you know, lots of companies don't necessarily have a clear definition of what their culture is. And why that's so important to define is that if you know what your culture is, you can build training that supports that and, and integrates the new organization into that more efficiently. And, and frankly, you should almost treat uh, you know, you should almost treat the integration of a new company, like if you're the parent company, you should treat the integration of the company as basically onboarding new employees um, because it's a completely new change, their jobs might be changing, the culture is different, and you need to kind of start from scratch and not assume anything, uh, not assume that um, people feel comfortable. Additionally, you really need to do a good job of making employees feel comfortable they're not going to <laughs> you know there used to be a day when organiz- when employees would work at a company for 25 years retire and that would be it but that does not happen anymore and you know it, this this kind of trend happened in the 80s whenever even healthy companies started proactively laying people off because they felt like they grew too fast so there was that kind of that uh, that lost balance of trust and loyalty so now I'm 
employees don't feel as obligated to be loyal because why would they be in those scenarios? So whenever you are aware of that and you take that into consideration, I mean, you have a workforce that is already turning over every four years. So what are you gonna do whenever there is this, they could get fired at any time and they and the economy is pretty good right now, so they could probably jump to another job relatively easy. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to keep them there, and you should because otherwise you're losing valuable knowledge, then you really need to make sure that they feel comfortable with what's going on. And what that means is a lot of employees don't know what the heck a merger and acquisition, like what that entails and what the specifics are and what are the types of acquisitions, what do those mean? And frankly, just get informing employees about what that is, is an effective training in itself to reduce like lost productivity. Um, so that's another thing that they really need to be executing on um, in this in this time frame. And the I would say the last really important thing to be aware of is that as an organization integrates, there's going to be overlaps. There's going to be overlaps of systems. There's going to be overlaps of personnel. There's going to be overlaps of department. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to get fired. You know, uh, that doesn't mean that one HR department is going to just take over the other one, but that does mean there's going to be integration. And so if you aren't preparing employees on the idea of getting ready for change and being comfortable with change, then you're really doing them a, a disservice. And, you know, if if this is not the time that you should be helping your employees be adaptable and build their skills, then I mean, what time, when should you do it? Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost, uh, in a way, an opportunity for L&D to really establish itself, especially with, with maybe newer employees. That, that's actually, that's a, that's, a, that's a great way of phrasing it. Um, yeah, this is often treated as a really terrifying time, but honestly, it's a, it's a really exciting opportunity for learning and development. Absolutely. Um, so now we're going to talk about keeping the weight off, so to speak, sustaining change, um, which is maybe the hardest part uh, because, uh, as we know, people maybe are extra engaged when they're really excited, but maybe they become in- disillusioned over time and, and, and they sort of normal out to, to where they are going to produce long term. Um, but how do we evaluate the success uh, of a merger? Yeah, uh, that's a, that, a great question. Um, and, of course, it will this is going to be a variable thing because it is going to fall back on what the original purpose of the merger and acquisition was. Um, And so obviously that plays a heavy role in all of this. And hopefully you were at least uh, advised of some of these processes um, in, in, in the, in the event during uh, throughout the process. But um, you know, obviously you might have limited information, but what you can absolutely say is that if you have, you know, if you've, lost a bunch of employees or uh, you you have had lower productivity, I mean, you're, you're definitely hurting, but that doesn't mean that you haven't, you know, failed in, in the merger and acquisition and the integration process. So the most important thing in sustaining change is really being real with where you are in the process and how employees feel about where you are in the process. Um, so basically, you do need to Go think about what those original goals were and then also what your goals were during the training process. Um, if you were trying to ensure that employees were more um, uh, were comfortable with cross-training, then you need to ensure that you know, those skills have been uh, incorporated. I mean, those, you know, things like that, like basic just training evaluation is applicable in any other scenario, just like this, just like any other scenario. Um, but there could be 
there could be a number of different factors that could be problematic at this point because if things have not gone well, then I mean the company could be in danger as a whole. Um, the Project Management Institute says that only about 18% of companies are effective change enablers, so there's a solid chance that a company you're working for is going to be in a slightly tough spot um, here. And the most, one of the most important things you can do for employees is ensure that the way you are working with them is consistent and fair. Um, uh, there's a, we actually, uh, there's a, um, let's see, I believe the statistic is about 18, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 100% get this wrong, about 18% of, of uh, employees and organizations, somewhere along those lines, um, are, uh, are actively um, supportive of change. Roughly 62% of those employees are compliant, meaning they just go along with it. Mm -hmm. And then the other, I think it's 25%, probably not, is uh, actively resistant against change. But how you treat each of those populations will impact the other populations. So if you, if you are trying to ensure that as the, you know, change, the change to normalcy is, is occurring, if you are trying to ensure that people are satisfied, you do need to be you, you can't just you know, sweep that under the rug and ignore that that happened. Um, and then the other thing is that, just like the metaphor we're talking about with losing weight, it, it is a very good chance that old habits, you know, old habits die hard. Um, and if you don't stay on top of the, you know, the changing roles that employees have gone through or the change in culture or the change in business directive, if you don't continue to reinforce that through training, through executive messaging, through, any kind, through clear communication and goal setting, then chances are you're going to backpedal. And if you backpedal, you're going to lose a lot of money and potentially just you know, fail your stakeholders and, and stockholders pretty mm -hmm. significantly. Uh, certainly. Um, well, we really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you think that we really need to talk about or, or make sure the audience knows as they either prepare uh, or want to learn about mergers and acquisitions and, and how they can prepare themselves in case it ever happens? Uh, what should they know that maybe we haven't talked about already? Yeah, I would say... Um, there's probably two things I would share. One is that definitely if you have not already done so, inform yourself on change management practices. <laughs> uh, there's an ADCAR model, which is A-D-K-A-R, which is a, a pretty informative one. Um, and the reason why uh, change management is such an important thing to, take, to learn about is, honestly, project management, which if you're a program manager for a training program, you're, you're, you know, you're, that's a project. Mm -hmm. Um, and change management overlap pretty significantly. Um, I mean, if you launch any kind of new initiative uh, or training program, you know, we get a lot of clients who come in and say they want to establish a learning culture. That is, that is organizational change. So anything you can learn about change management and effective practices, which is really you know, having well-defined milestones, ex engage the executive sponsor, establishing communication and concrete ownership, and using, you know, using effective like, project management practices. Anything you can do to learn about those things is going to do you and your company a, a huge be benefit. And then the other part of it is, it, again, it, it may sound like it's going to be a tough time, but this is a really great opportunity for your organization, for your employees, and for, frankly, you. Don't be afraid. Don't stand still. Um, if you're not helping your employees through this time of transition and trying to inform them or train your managers, you, you really are hurting your employees and it's just, it's just low-hanging fruit. It's just easy ways to help your employees. So don't be afraid to ask questions, engage your sponsors, and raise your hand and say, hey, I want to help, but I need to know these things. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We really do appreciate it.
No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on L&D's roles during times of change and uncertainty. Here are three takeaways from this week's interview. First, define success around the merger or acquisition from a business standpoint. Second, be transparent with your employees and find an honest way to discuss with them what's going on without revealing too much information. And finally, it's important to evaluate your merger or acquisition and encourage continued change in your new organization. This podcast is brought to you by Biz Library, your online learning partner. For more information, visit us online at www.bizlibrary.com resources. Every week, we like to spotlight one of the free resources Biz Library offers to help our listeners master the concepts and our key takeaways. This week, be sure to download our free infographic called the Merger and Acquisition Checklist. You can find a link to this checklist in the show notes or on the Biz Library website on the resources page. If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter at BizLibrary or email us at hannah at bizlibrary.com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.